Welcome to another episode of Fake True Stories, our newest podcast where we look at the true history behind movies that claim to be based in fact. I'm Connor Izagari. And I'm Isabel Gonzalez. And today we're discussing our first horror movie. We're digging into the 1979 haunted house flick, The Amityville Horror, as well as the remarkable story that inspired the film and its many sequels. Did George and Kathy Lutz and their three children experience paranormal activity in the house at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, Long Island? Or did they make it all up to try and sell a book and recoup some hefty losses? Yes. <laughs> we'll try and find out. Uh, we ain't going to prove that ghosts are real or demons are real. That ain't happening here. This would be a much bigger podcast if we were able to pull that off tonight. Uh, but what we can do is look into this decent movie. Better book, I think. Uh, this, this month it was my pick. I chose the Amityville Horror because I wanted to test our formula on a horror movie. There are more than a few horror movies that claim to be based on a true story. Uh, more often than not, the true story is either bullshit or nowhere near as exciting. And this felt like a good place to start. But, you know, this is just one of many, you know, The Exorcist, Psycho to a, to a certain extent, Con The Conjuring franchise, all based on real events, if, you know, you believe in that sort of thing. And uh, I guess that's a place to start. Uh, do you believe in that sort of thing? Um, yes, I do. Um, but I don't believe in it to the same extent that a lot of people do. Like, I don't think, like, it happens all the time. And, like, you know, you go to a site that has historical value and there's automatically ghosts there. Like, no. But are there paranormal ghosts and activities in this world? Hell yes, there are. My Hispanic and Catholic DNA makes me believe in that. <laughs> I don't mess with that stuff. Like, I don't know. My Hispanic and Irish DNA reinforce that as well. It's yeah. hard to not, you know, think that there's some other layer of, of reality that we may not be privy to. And sometimes that shit, you know, kind of leaks into our world. I don't know. I've had my own bizarre, hard to explain paranormal experiences. Do I know what happened? Absolutely not. I'm not an expert and I would never claim to be an expert, which is where a lot of my issues with this shit comes from is people claiming to know everything about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope we get some answers, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with that, let's dig into the Amityville Horror. It was based on the 1977 book of the same name by Jay Anson. And the events of the book have largely been the subject of lawsuits and speculation over accuracy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people who, you know, these are real people. So a lot of them didn't like being associated with what's probably, you know, a giant hoax that makes a lot of people look stupid. Uh, particularly the character of Father Mancuso in the book, which was changed to Father Delaney in the movie, but was actually Father Picararo in real life. Oh. <laughs> he claims that, the real priest claims that he did visit the house, but did not experience anything unusual, which was a far cry from the events of the book and movie, yep. where he's a central character dealing with kind of a supernatural flu. Yeah. In truth, the priest just showed up to bless the house, and he went home. He said, amen. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> And, yeah, I don't know if he personally sued Jay Anson and the, the Lutzes, but people have. <laughs> to get sued by a priest, that's got to be a low point in your life. That's, it's pretty bad that a priest would feel the need to sue you. Like, that's... You did something pretty messed up, <laughs> and he probably wasn't the one that wanted to do it. Maybe someone advised him to. Well, you know, libel is real. <laughs> The film was directed by Stuart Rosenberg, who also directed the 1967 classic Cool Hand Luke, among other films. Awesome Paul Newman movie. 
he eats like 30 eggs in like two minutes to prove a point. And I don't remember what that point was. Maybe that he can eat 30 eggs yeah, in two minutes. What kind min- of point would you try and prove eating 30 eggs at a time? He's in a like a southern prison camp and trying to break out of it all the time. He's got that famous quote from the warden. What we've got here is failure to communicate. You may have heard that. Maybe. It's a great know. movie. <laughs> uh, and he did this, which is an odd jump. James Brolin was cast as George Lutz. Brolin only took the role after he got spooked while reading the book. (laughs) A pair of pants he had hung up fell on the floor while he was reading and uh, scared the hell out of him. So he figured the producers must be onto something, so he took the role. Because pants fell off of a a hanger? Because he was reading Amityville, and he's like, ooh. And then pants fell, made a noise, and he was like, ah, wow, this is really something. And, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cool. I mean, Some people take, you know, sometimes it's not about money. Sometimes it's about experience or, I don't know. Uh, James Brolin is the father of Josh Brolin, a famous actor who played Thanos in the uh, Avengers films, been in a lot of other stuff. James Brolin, I believe, is married to Barbara Streisand. Uh, he played Zerg in the most recent Lightyear Pixar movie. So, there's James Brolin. Wow. <laughs> this is mostly for me. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, Margot Kidder was cast as Kathy Lutz. She was cast mostly to draw in audiences who recognized her as Lois Lane after her breakout hit Superman a year earlier. Nice. She would play Lois in the rest of the Christopher Reeve Superman movies and uh, also was in Black Christmas, Sisters. Um, I think she she passed away a few years ago, uh, suicide. Aww. She's always been, she, she was really troubled, had a lot of uh, mental health problems. Both Brolin and Kidder were skeptical of the true account. They both felt that it was, in their words, probably bullshit. And who could blame them? But when the movie press tour was happening, they were told, hey, keep that to yourself. We can't have (laughs) you say in the movie's bullshit. This is a true story. We're trying to sell this thing. So they were like, when interviewed, and they'd be like, do you really believe this? They'd be like, hmm, perhaps. (laughs) Trying to be all mysterious. (laughs) Uh, The Amityville Horror has an IMDb score of 6.1. Letterbox score of 3.0 out of 5. Rotten Tomatoes score of 31%. Critics' consensus reads, dull and disappointing. The best that can be said for the Amityville horror is that it set a low bar for its many sequels (laughs) and remakes. Which I think is pretty harsh. I think it's a decent horror movie, you know? It's not a faithful retelling of what happened, but, you know, then again, what happened is kind of up for debate. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some spooky moments, you know? The red eyes, the pig thing... I will say I wasn't really scared of the movie, probably because I knew it was going to happen, so that's what helped. Um, also, I don't believe the story at all, so I'm like, yeah, this is just bull crap. Like, anything that happened in the movie that was supposed to scare me, I'm like, nope, it's not what happened. Yeah. I don't care. I remember a few weeks ago, you, like, came in my apartment and were like, you know, you, you were like a, a journalist t- talking to the editor, like, this is bullshit, this story, like, like you cracked the story. I was just like, this is going to be fun. It is. <laughs> I viewed it more as a historian watching this movie, like, no, that's not what happened, <laughs> instead of a, <laughs> a horror person. Oh, I get, you know, we got a podcast for that, where we can turn off our minds and just be a little spooked. But over here, you know, we want some, we want some fucking answers. Yeah. <laughs> we do the research so y'all don't have to. <laughs> You're welcome. Despite critical failure, it was a big hit at the box office, grossing about $86 million on a budget of only $4.7 million. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can really explain how 
much this story captivated the nation in the late 70s. Everyone was terrified of Amityville. They were like, you know, the movie was a hit. The Lutzes went on the talk show circuit. Like, this was big. Uh, which is crazy, because, like, I can't I can't see that happening now. No. Like, somebody, you know, says, I was in a haunted house, and all of a sudden, you know, they got a talk show. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, the movie came out, what? It was in 79, right? Okay, so 74 is when the family was murdered. So five years later, a movie about it comes out. They bought the house a year later, so four years after this went down, a movie comes out. That'd be like, you know, we're living at that time period, and then a movie about Ted Bundy came out as soon as Ted Bundy, like, murdered people and was in jail or whatever, you know, five years later. That, I don't think that would happen anymore. I think people would be like, hey, that's not right that you're already capitalizing off of that. Or, yeah, we probably wouldn't believe it because we'd be like, oh, they're just trying to get clout on the internet. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, you know, it's really easy to research a story and find out if it's bullshit. People get called out for that shit all the mm-hmm. time now. Audience scrutiny is real, so I I don't see that ever happening. Which is probably a good thing, because it would just piss me off if people were, like, becoming millionaires for their fake ghost story, and uh-huh. I'd be like, you lying assholes. I can see right through you. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me of so far. <laughs> when all the, the people, when Butter's parents think that they killed him, and they're like, you liars! <laughs> and you, you monsters! <laughs> There's still a lot of lying people out there that are getting money for their lives, but we're not going to call anybody out. Yeah, not specifically, but no. <laughs> the entire psychic industry, <sighs> shame on you. <laughs> Y'all. Honestly, like, it's a job I, I, I want to do because I can lie to people for money. That seems like fun. Mm-hmm. Just gets, you know, get some tarot cards and learn how to cry on cue. You'll be fine. My cousin got a tarot card reading when we were at Texas Renaissance Festival. It was like 50 degrees outside. It felt like in the low 40s. It was raining um, and she didn't want us to leave her because, you know, like she didn't want to be by herself at this big festival. So we decided to wait for her to get it done. And she's like, it's only going to be like 20 minutes. We're like, perfect. Uh, An hour and a half later, homegirl's (laughs) still getting a tarot card reading and I end up going in there and I'm like looking as she's captivated by this lady that's just like moving her hands and making broad generalizations about her life. And I asked the ladies at the front, I was like, hey, how long are you supposed to take? And they're like, well, they're normally 30 minutes. But if there's really good readings, they're going to be, like, way longer. I'm like, bro, I hope this $70 tarot card reading was worth it because it was not worth me sitting in the rain. $70. In the cold. Yeah, no. God. <laughs> that's a, that's what, bug, what bugs me the most about this. It's never bad news. It's no. always good news. Yes, you're going to get that promotion. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to fall in love. Yes, ma'am. It's always good news. Because good news sells. Exactly. No one's paying for bad news. Exactly. I did it one time. I was at, I went with, I went to like a psychic convention in downtown San Antonio a while back with my mom and my aunt and my grandma who all pretty much believe this Okay, stuff. I'm about to ask like, why? Yeah. I was <laughs> Why did you go? I will go pretty much anywhere with the promise of a free lunch. That's so that, That's why I was there probably. Uh, we got our auras, our auras photographed. Ugh. Apparently I I was like blue or something. My grandma was a, was white, which means that she's basically a reincarnated angel. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. You know, I'm selling tickets. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you can go see. <laughs> Ten Connor's bucks. Come see my grandma. <laughs> angel grandmother. She's a saint, though. Elise Bridges is a saint. Um, but I got a tarot card reading, and she was so off. Like she kept asking me questions, and I was like, No, I've I've never I don't know what that means. I've never seen I've never been there. 
and uh, according to her, uh, I was supposed to uh, fall in love with a girl named Stacy about six years ago. No. So, Stacy, if you're out there, I'm looking for you. Tarot card said you you gotta you gotta yeah. come. This, Sorry. This is fate. I can't argue with fate. <laughs> My favorite. I'm gonna trash Zodiac people too. Sorry, um, but like I was subbing in in a middle school, and all those girls are so into Zodiac signs, and I'd been with this class for a few days, so they already kind of knew my personality. And so they're sitting there, and they're talking about their signs, and they're like, "Miss Gonzalez, what is your star sign?" I was like, "I don't know, guess." So they're like, "Oh my god, are you a Taurus?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I totally am a Taurus." They're like, oh, we knew it because your personality is just so much like that. Oh man, and I was like, "Yeah, haha, I'm not actually a Taurus. I'm actually a Scorpio." And they're like, "That is such a Scorpio thing to do to lie about your personality." I was born in March. I'm technically a Pisces, which is not something that they would do, but they all said that it was. It's bullcrap. Oh, I love that. All of that crap is so stupid. But like, you know, if that's what you believe in, you know, to each your own. But don't go doing white girl racism and be like, I'm not going to be boyfriend or girlfriend with this guy because he's a Sagittarius and it just doesn't match my star sign. Like, Because <laughs> I've met people like that. They're like, I can't talk to them because they're the sign. My cousin started to do that. Not the same one, the tarot card, but another. She falls into a lot of that, like, basic, you know, if it's cool, she'll like it. She just started watching Harry Potter, even though she's trashed it for years because her boyfriend likes it all of a sudden. And now she's part of a house and is, like, super into that kind of stuff. Um... But, you know, if we ever brought that up three months ago, we'd be, we'd be made fun of. But that's oh, cool now, so. <laughs> they're not going to listen to this podcast, so they're not going to hear me talking smack. I love y'all, but I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got ants. You know who you are if you're listening to this. I've been very open about, about this with you. They follow the star shit so religiously to the mm-hmm. point where they're like make major life decisions based off what the stars are saying. <laughs> And they every anytime I, I'm in a funk or I've had bad news or something, they're always like, oh, the universe will provide. Just, you know, this is what Capricorns are going through right now. And I, nothing pisses me off more than useless help. Mm-hmm. And that right there is like, just makes me want to grab them and shake them and be like, wake up. <laughs> yeah. And see, that's the same thing, not to get like too deep into this conversation, but that's the same thing. I'm Catholic and I'm a devout Catholic, but I don't like it when people are like, oh, you have problems? Just let go and let God and you'll be fine. Like, no, I need to have a solution to myself. I was, according to my beliefs, I was given free will to, to make decisions. I don't, I don't want to just be, oh, it's whatever, you know, Deus Volt, man, God wills it. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like I am uh, without a job now. I need to try and get a job now. I have, yeah. It's so annoying when people use that for any sort of religious belief. They're like, oh, it's because the star said so. It's because God said so. It's because Allah said so. Like, bruh. <laughs> maybe you should try and fix your life yourself. Yeah. I'm a devout atheist, maybe. which is kind of an oxymoron. But didn't they, that whole thing about God helps those who help themselves? So shouldn't you maybe try? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, there's like a whole joke. A priest made it one time in mass where it was like, you know, the earth was flooding and this lady was like praying for God to save her. So then he sent like a helicopter and they're like, hey, get on. And then she was like, no, don't worry. Like God's gonna, God's gonna save me. And then a boat comes and she's like, oh, that's right. God's gonna save me. And then like a whale or something shows up. It's like, God's gonna save And then she drowns and she's in heaven. And she's like, what the hell, man? Where were you? And he was like, I sent a helicopter, a boat and a freaking whale. And you didn't get on any of them. That's on you. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. That yeah, it's yeah, I don't I don't I don't buy into spiritualism. I, I find it all just one big ass con that is hurting people. So yeah, I don't know how the Lutzes fit into that, but you know what? That was a fun conversation. <laughs> um 
Well, it's because they got a bunch of the paranormal, like, oh, yeah. mediums and stuff to come to their house. That, I'll go on a whole random about Oh, we're going to talk about, yeah. We'll later. That's what made <laughs> me come over to this apartment and be like, hold up! <laughs> uh, this is kind of cool. Amityville was nominated for one Oscar at the 52nd Academy Awards. Uh, mm-hmm. Best original score for composer Lalo Schifrin. That's fair. It lost to A Little Romance by Georges Delarue, nice. which I've never seen. No. I did like the music in this movie. I thought it was, like, it's notable. It's something that's like, wow, like, if I ever hear that, I'll know it's Amityville Horror. It's not going to be some, like, copy-paste, like, uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know where that's from. It's like Interstellar. You know the Interstellar soundtrack. You know the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. You would know this movie. Yeah. I saw it a few more times. I don't know if I label it as iconic as those other scores, but it is fairly recognizable. Uh, there's a rumor going around that it was basically recycled music from The Exorcist. Nice. Which nice. If you've seen The Exorcist, no. I, I, I'm saying to the I know you haven't seen The Exorcist to the <laughs> audience. For the audience, no. <laughs> the music in The Exorcist is a little bit creepier, a little bit more hardcore because you're dealing with a very specific kind of scare in The Exorcist. Amityville is kind of like dancing around it, like hey, haunted, huh? Exorcist is like the devil's here; he's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know if this would have fit in The Exorcist. Don't play with Ouija boards. Don't. Smile. Get an old priest and a young priest. (laughs) The film spawned eight official sequels and was remade in 2005 with Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George. Not great. Turns out Ryan Reynolds can't really, you know, step outside his wheelhouse very often. I just keep thinking Deadpool's got an axe. Uh... There's also about a hundred unofficial Amityville spinoffs nice. available to stream out there. Pretty much they'll just slap Amityville on any kind of horror film and try to sell. That usually doesn't work because there hasn't been faith in this franchise since 1979. Nice. Uh, but here are some of the here's some of the, the unofficial Amityville movies. There's Amityville Death House. Amityville Karen, where a Karen, you know, the loud, angry white chick, it's possessed by the Amityville ghost. Or That's something. a modern one, I assume. 2022. Okay, good. Yeah. Let's say I'm like, was that a precursor to our use of the word Karen? Like, <laughs> dang. No, they're still making these. And my personal favorite, just from the title alone, Amityville in space. How would that work, you may be asking yourself. Well, uh, apparently, in 2022... The ultimate battle against the Amityville curse begins after the infamous murder house is exorcised from Earth and reappears in outer space. Apparently, when priests exorcise demons, they're just sending those fuckers to Saturn. That's where they go. (laughs) I love, I I know this is going to be absolutely horrible, but I kind of want to see this. It's like New New York trash. I'm going to put it out in space. I've never seen a haunted house movie in space. I know it's going to be terrible, but I'm curious. Wasn't, like, technically movies about, like, outer space hauntings a haunted house movie because their house is whatever rocket they're living on? Well, there's not... They haven't really done ghosts in space yet. Oh, that's true. It's, like, aliens and stuff. You're right. Yeah. That's true. It's got... Like, Alien has elements of a haunted house movie, but it's more... You know, it's an alien. It's not a ghost. That's fair. The closest, I think, is probably Event Horizon. You you ever see that movie? No. Basically, a uh, spaceship goes through a black hole ends up in hell and comes back possessed. Jesus. It's a wild movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to do that on the show at some point. Event Horizon. I haven't seen that in a very long time. 
See, I can't watch Alien just like I can't watch any more than James Bond movies or Star Wars movies because I watched Spaceballs before I watched it. So my only <laughs> idea of Alien is the guy eating the special, yeah, at the at the intergalactic diner and then, hello, my baby, hello, my... <laughs> I love that scene because it's the same actor. That, yeah, yeah, I heard that. It's John Hurt cool. came back to get an alien out of his chest again. Fucking great, oh, yeah. That's why I said not again. Ha ha ha. Fucking spaceballs. God, the amount of movies that ruins if you've seen that first. That's so sad. Because <laughs> you'll never take Alien seriously. No. I couldn't take Star Wars seriously when uh, I watched it because I'm like, where's <laughs> where's the tie on Darth Vader, bro? Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious and sad at the same time that's how it was a james bond i watched awesome powers first <laughs> oh boy so with that you know that's the background of the film let's talk about the movie that inspired so many people to think this was real uh we start out with the infamous defeo murders uh butch defeo taking a rifle and murdering his family in his in their sleep his mom his dad his two brothers and his two sisters Killed them all. And uh, it's pretty shocking in the movie. The movie just starts out with, you know, gunshots in the window of Amityville. And you're like, oh, boy. If you're familiar with the story, you know what's happening. And it doesn't shy away. It shows the bodies. It shows the shots. And this was not too too long after the, the murder. So pretty, pretty hardcore to start out with that. Yeah. 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 Uh, we meet George and Kathy Lutz, mm-hmm. who are this, you know, happy family they've got three kids george the stepdad but he's trying to be a good dad and he wants them to call him dad not mr lutz which according to the documentary i watched uh, my amityville horror from 2012 was total bullshit george is very much like call me mr lutz do not call me dad you are not my children Eat. yeah <laughs> he was not a stepdad who stepped up nope he was a stepdad who stepped on Jeez. <laughs> uh so, yeah, interesting that the movie kind of adds that little detail, tries to make George a little more likable as we watch him slip slowly into madness over wood and locked doors. <laughs> Fa- yeah. Father Delaney, our third priest name of, ton- of tonight, shows up to bless this house. No one's there to greet him because these are just, you know, rude people. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Freaking Kathy was like, well, he was supposed to show up, but he never did, so we went on our boat ride without him. Like... To be fair, the priest didn't really look around that much. He just kind of went inside, went upstairs, started doing his thing. Didn't like go around back where every all the noise was coming from. Well, he tried to open the window and then he couldn't, and then that's when he got spooked. So maybe he was going to, but it was because of the spooky moment that he wasn't able to. <sighs> fair enough. Well, he tries to bless this house. Flies show up, and he gets the devil flu or whatever, leaves, and is pretty much sick the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Rod Steiger. Academy Award winner Rod Steiger. He is doing great in this. Uh, yeah, the flies are such a weird little touch. Just gross. Makes me think that there was more of a, a mold problem than a ghost problem. But nobody looked into that. No. And I've experienced flies to that degree before. It's not fun. Especially when there's flies at adult stage fly and maggot stage fly literally infesting the area in which you're walking and they're like making high-pitched squeaky noise. It's awful. It's not fun. I've never been one to like to kill any sort of animal like on my own unless you know we're like consuming it or whatever. Like I'm not just gonna like go and like kill like 
a bug because it's in my house. I try to be nice. I try and let it out if possible. I'm weird. Anyway, flies, I do not give two shits about flies. Um, I was an FFA and I would like revel at the fact that I had my fly spray and would just go out and like and watch them fly and fall from the air and die because of the poison I was putting on them because they're awful. They're so bad. They, they bring disease and they're gross and I know they have a purpose on this planet, but not eating my beautiful cow's legs. I loved the direction that story took where it's like, I, you know, I think all life is sacred. I don't want to hurt bugs, but I will fuck up a fly given the opportunity. <laughs> I will. I'll try and let it out still. I try. Um, I let out a gnat the other day. That's, that's where I'm oh my at. God. My I can't. I feel bad. A gnat. I did. Oh my God. Homie deserves to live too. No, see, I take... If I was a gnat, I would want someone to let me outside so I'd get eaten by a bigger bug. <laughs> if I was a gnat during my, like, three-hour lifespan, I don't think I'd care. <laughs> uh, but I take the mouse hunt approach, where, like, this is my house. <laughs> yeah. Anything that comes in here is declaring war, and I will not lose. No. So I've never had a, a vermin problem. No. I don't <laughs> think I have one because I think they know I'll just let them out, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, there's no point. <laughs> we'll just leave i started doing that to cockroaches too you, yeah you can't do that you gotta kill those things i can't i can't do it not because i feel bad but i don't like the crunching noise that they make and also i don't like being biased towards cockroaches there's i can go on a whole thing about my weirdness and not waiting to kill bugs if you don't kill a cockroach they're gonna lay eggs and there's gonna be a thousand more cockroaches that hasn't happened to me yet and i've let them outside every time <sighs> I had one land on my pillow when I was praying, and that was pretty not okay. I was like, what did I that, do? Did I say a, something wrong? That's a sign. <laughs> I was Jesus. praying about pets. <laughs> I said, please bless my pets, and then cockroach fell on my pillow. Like, <laughs> I said, something going to happen? I'm just picturing, like, a freeze frame, and the roach is like, hi, you're probably wondering how I got into this situation. <laughs> uh, Jody, the imaginary friend. Uh... Just a constant red flag that is never addressed by mom or dad. That's true. Yeah. That is very true. Especially when that poor babysitter, man. Jackie. She, yeah, she's in there. She's she's freaking out. She like, you know, her knuckles are bloody because she was trying to bang to get out of that door. And the freaking little girl didn't let her out because Jody told me not to. Fuck Jody. Like, oh my God. You're going to listen to your friend because... Porque you're gonna let that poor girl be in the? I bet she didn't do it because she didn't want to go to bed. That's why. That conversation where she's like, "I don't want to go to bed. I just didn't feel good because I didn't want to eat the meatloaf." And then babysitter's like, "I don't care. Don't play that game with me. I gotta put you to bed." And then she gets locked in there. So the little girl's like, "Ha ha, suck it, bitch. Like, you're not coming out. That's mean. That little I, girl sucks." I do hate meatloaf. That might what? have been overkill. He's a really good uh, musician, oh. though. Rest in peace. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. I won't do that. Um, how did she lock the door if there is no lock on said door? Well, I'm not saying she locked the door, but like, if I heard somebody go into a closet and, and I knew the closet could be unlocked, I wouldn't sit there and just be like, dumbass, just come out. If I actually heard them freaking out and being like, I need help, I'd go open the door for them. Well, yeah, but I'd what if like, your imaginary friend pig monster thing has his hand on your shoulder and is like, hey, maybe we don't do that. Yeah, but she didn't make it sound like that. She literally was like, Jody told me not to do it. She could have been like... Jody told me not to do it. In some sort of, like, scary, like, scared voice. No, she was like, because he told me not to. Okay. <laughs> I think Jody is a lot more forceful than we might be led to believe. 
and that kid doesn't quite know how to express that that fear. Whatever. Which, speaking of Jody, that is one aspect of the story that I do believe is legit. Jody. I do believe Jody. Not necessarily them seeing like pig eyes and stuff, but I do believe that little girl saw some sort of like creepy, either like the you know the deceased kid that was there. Or, you know, the pig. I do believe that because I don't think kids lie about that stuff. Especially not 1970, what, 75 children? Four. 74. Okay, yeah. Yeah, not 1974 children who don't have access to, like, YouTube and Elsa Gate stuff where, like, weird things happen all the time when they watch, like, Five Nights at Freddy's at 3 a.m. in the parking lot, like... They don't have any, so they don't, they don't know what to lie about unless they saw a movie. And these kind of movies were like probably not letting, you know, parents at that point probably weren't letting their kids see them yet because we weren't so desensitized to spooky things. Well, I didn't even see a TV in that house. Like, I don't think they had yeah, a TV. Yeah, see, so I don't think that kid was lying about that, like, at all. A kid now, if a kid now were to be like, oh, I see some sort of creepy thing, I would maybe believe it, but I'd be like, mm, you're probably just, you know, thinking of a video game or some stupid YouTuber that you were watching. Kid back then? Hell yeah. <laughs> like, uh. I'm trying to find, like, where does the name Jody come from? And I thought, like, was it one of the kids who was killed by Butch? But no, the Ronald Sr. and Louise, and then the kids, Dawn, Allison, Mark, and John. So, no Jody. But, Maybe Jody was a nickname for John. Maybe he had a middle name that was like a D. Oh my God. Maybe. I don't know. John DeFeo, John D. Ooh, see? Is that, is that Jody? Maybe. Oh my God. Did we just crack the code? Yeah, or maybe it was like he had like a younger sibling and they were calling him Joey, but they just couldn't say it, so they said Jody and the nickname just stuck. Because things like that happen. That could have been the kid. Oh, that's frightening. We solved it. You're welcome. Y'all don't got to do any more medium hunting. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> I feel bad for the people who've owned this house since the Lutzes and have had to put up with fucking ghost hunters trying to break into their house. Well, it's like the people that own the Breaking Bad house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> going on their roof. Yeah, they got a fence, like <laughs> private property. Stop throwing fucking pizzas on our yeah, roof. It's like the pizza roof, man. <laughs> oh, God. So this is the only movie, only horror movie I've ever seen where ghosts apparently uh, stole some cash. Never seen that before. No, ghosts didn't do it. That was George. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what we see in the movie of like, oh, the money little thing is still here, but where's the money? George took that money. Bull crap. George came up with all this crap. I don't care <laughs> what that man says. I'm sorry. Like, if he listens to this because he's probably so invested with everything, he might listen to this story. I don't believe you, George. Well, he's been dead for a long time. I thought he was still alive. No, George is dead. George's ghost. I don't believe you. George is dead, and apparently Daniel, the kid, is super happy. Cool. He hated George so much. I understand why, Daniel. God bless you. I hope you're doing good in your life. He's not. <laughs> I hope your life gets better, bro. We're gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk a bit about that that documentary because it was uh, just sad. Uh, but yeah, fifteen hundred bucks goes missing at Kathy's brother's wedding, and uh, George offers to pay the belligerent caterer with a check that bounces. But I love that scene where the the caterer is just like you know. I like cash. What? What's what's the problem? Give me give me cash. All he wants cash. He's like a mob caterer. <laughs> Gabagool. It was hilarious. And George is like, I'm gonna pay you with a check, or I'm not gonna pay you. Get the fuck out of my face. He's not gonna pay you regardless because he doesn't have the money. Yeah. No one ever finds that cash, and that is the scariest part of this movie. That's yeah, because George took the money. Like, geez, man. 
Also, I wish they would have showed this in the movie, but, like, that wedding scene... So, during that point, according to the book, he had, like, crazy diarrhea and was just insane. Because he hadn't showered in, like, nine days at that point. So, anyway, uh, he was not Catholic. He is not Catholic. His wife was Catholic, okay? And they go to a Catholic mass. And if you guys don't know anything about Catholic theology or Catholic, you know, what you're supposed to do, if you are not Catholic, you do not take the communion. You don't do that. That is a big no-no. And George... Took it, and he apparently got really sick. And I don't think it's because of the craziness of Amityville. I think it's because he was a Methodist taking Catholic communion who's being an ass to his children. So that was God punishing him. Because I had a friend who's not Catholic, and he took communion. And I always wish him a happy Good Friday whenever that comes up. So Kyle, shout out to you in a couple weeks. Um, But, like, Kyle's a good person. So he didn't have any, like, bad things happen. George, however... No. I took communion by accident when I was a kid. You're an honorary Catholic. Happy Ash Wednesday. And also to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny that we're doing a story about paranormal activity and, like, crazy first day of Lent. Did not plan that. Just worked out that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing my ashes. I went to Mass. Everybody that doesn't ever go to church on Sunday was there today because you got to have that Instagram photo to be like, look at me. I like Jesus. I always forget about Ash Wednesday, and then when I go out and I look around, I keep thinking, like, what's some? they got something up there. <laughs> like, what happened? Like, yeah. I had a friend explain it to me once, and I didn't really, it didn't take. But uh, That's fair. I yeah. mean, if, yeah, if you're not raising it, you're like, hmm. But when you're like, you know, 12 years old, and you stay over at a friend's <laughs> house, and you got to go to church the next morning, because mom can't pick you up yet, Yeah. and everyone's getting up in line to eat the little wafer and have a drink, and you're like, you don't want to be singled out, so you get up in line, you take the thing, and then you go sit back down, you're not, you're still not quite sure what's going on. It's okay. Because didn't Colton it. didn't explain it to me. <laughs> not podcast Colton, previous Colton I knew in Maryland. Okay, you were in, you were innocent. You didn't know. George should have known. <laughs> George didn't he convert for Kathy? They mentioned that he changed religions. When in the bar scene, or his friends like you got a mortgage, you got mortgage payments up the ass. You changed religions. You're a stepdad to three kids. Like that was part of the. Maybe he did. I don't know. The book didn't tell me that he converted to Catholicism. Um, and whenever the priest came to visit... I'm going to say no, actually. Because whenever the priest came to visit him, according to the book, this is the book, it's hearsay or whatever, the book says that he was he was Methodist. It takes, like, months to become a Catholic. You don't just be like, I want to be Catholic. Like, congratulations. Like, you got to go through RCIA. It's like a whole thing. And you, the priest came to visit only however, like, six days before the wedding? No. I thought you just started going to said church and just sat there and... No, that's what a lot of, like... Not all, there's, there's different things. That's what some, I guess, Protestant folks do, but like Catholic, like, no, because we have a very different belief and I can explain it. Like, we don't got to get into religion on this, but there's no, it's not like a, I'm Catholic now. You're not cool enough to just become Catholic. You got to know the ways. This is such a, <laughs> a giant part of culture that I just completely didn't, <laughs> didn't experience. It's weird. Yes. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> it's, it's fun. Uh, Jackie, the babysitter, we already talked about. I, wa- I wonder how much they paid her and if they told her, like, hey, can we use you again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you come back? <laughs> Don't use the toilet because they're, like, black and gross. Yeah, that was odd. The, the black toilet thing and then, like, the black sludge hole under the hidden room, Ugh. which I choose to believe is liquid evil per, like, Prince of Darkness, not what it probably was, which was a... Wonky septic system. Oh god! Sorry, George. You, you kind of have it coming, but sorry. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. 
And then he goes to the bar, and the bar people are like, holy shit, it's Butch DeFeo. And he's like, holy shit, no, it's George Letts. <laughs> he's like, uh, no. And they're like, no, no harm done, I'll bring you a drink. And I just thought that was interesting that they'd be like, you look exactly like that guy who committed a horrible mass murder a year ago. Thanks. Yeah, I'll have a scotch, I guess. Jesus. Appreciate it. That was really nice of you <laughs> to bring up. But if you look at the pictures of Butch DeFeo and George Lutz, it is a weird resemblance. Yeah. 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 He could be related. He could be a cousin. Maybe that's why he bought the house. There's theories about, you know, the, we'll get to the DeFeo murders, but uh, basically that, like, he was mobbed up and the mob killed all of them because he owed money. Oh, like with the, yeah. I, well, because that was the thing I saw. They, they theorized that too because they were Catholic. And they're Italian, so they're like, Italian, Catholic, Mafia, that's it. They got mob murdered. That was why. Well, let's also, I mean, it's Long Island, too. Let's, yeah. Let's not. Yeah. But just, come on. Makes me laugh. So forget about it. <laughs> I'm not saying all Italians are gangsters, but Italians from Long Island with mob connections are. True. I said Mamma Mia. <laughs> We get this kind of bullshit story about the found, like who built the house. John Ketchum from Salem, the one guy in the entire witch trials who was guilty, apparently, fled to Amityville and was like, I'm going to build a house on this sacred ground. And uh, that's mentioned in the movie and the book. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it right now that that is pure horseshit. Because there's no way. There's no way. No, I don't. I don't think so. I just quick look up of oh, John Ketchum, the witch of Amityville Horror. According to the Amityville story, that was okay. Yeah, so. So according to notable liars, John Ketchum built this house. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting if you know the one guy who did. Worship the devil. Who actually was doing the yeah. things the, one, the Puritans like accused them of. The doing. witch they were trying to get fled and was like, you know, in the name of Satan, I'm building this awesome three bed, like you know, three yeah, bedroom this, house. This nice Dutch colonial house yeah. with that grambling roof. Mm, beautiful. The devil supply the lumber. Like, how'd you do that? <laughs> like, I guess it's like Noah's Ark, but not. Yeah. Okay. So he's on Villains Wiki. So I don't believe first. Oh my god. <laughs> Real people don't end up on Villains Wiki. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> so, I don't know who built this house. I, I didn't look into the history of the house. I'm pretty sure that's, you know, probably public record in, like, Long Island. But, you know, down here, I'm not going to call up the public records people and be like, I want to know about that house you probably get thousands <laughs> of phone calls about. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think an escaped witch built this house. No. Uh nor was it made like built on like Native American burial ground because you know I saw Poltergeist. It's a great movie. Didn't happen. <laughs> the secret room, however, is creepy. You know, Harry the dog, constantly scratching at the wall. They find this secret room, like a red room, where they see an image of Butch DeFeo's face, and then it's just a red room. That actually did happen. There is a red room under in the basement, but they, it was pretty much just like storage. There wasn't a body in there. There wasn't. The devil in there. It was just a another room. <laughs> Basements have rooms. Yeah. I've never had a basement ever in my life because we live, well, at least in DFW, we're on like clay. So it would just it would break and not work very well. Um, so I've never had a basement. I've always thought we needed one because I'm terrified of tornadoes. But 
my parents were like, that's stupid. You can just go in the bathroom. I'm like, I wanna, I'll die in the bathroom. I won't die underground. <laughs> I'll stay alive down there. We had a basement in our house in Maryland. It was furnished. Uh, my uncle stayed there. And then we had a, a, a room next to the, like, in the basement near a drain that the dogs would always bark at. We always thought there was a body under our house. In that room, we had, like, storage, and it was, like, a rock room. It looked creepy, and I always hated going in there. Yeah, it sounds pretty spooky. Yeah, basements were fun. Uh, so at one point, the, uh, George Letts wakes up, and there's a marching band going through his house. Mm -hmm. I thought that was such a strange detail that appears in all of the retellings. Mm -hmm. So apparently, you know, Satan decided to conduct you know, band class at some point. It was like a one and a two and a irritate George. Yeah, why not? <laughs> this, it's the weird shit that confuses me. It's like this ghost is able to like warp reality in a way that no other ghost can do. Like when it makes, when, when it makes the window fall on the kid's hand. Yeah. In real life, that apparently made his hand flat. And then it like, he got better. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, the last day they're only here for like twenty eight days, mm -hmm. which so is February. Yeah, which is one day more than I would stay here after the shit that I'd you know if I experienced half of this shit, I'm out immediately. Amazing what people will tolerate. Yeah, uh, George goes full Jack Torrance and starts hunting his family with an axe, and uh, eventually wises up and is like, "Wait a minute, I shouldn't do this." And then they leave quietly, which everything's like exploding around them and they're just like careful down the stairs <laughs> oh yeah 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 yep. grab the rail they get in the car and they're like we forgot the dog and george is like fuck the dog and drives away but then they get about 20 feet and he's like damn it and he goes back inside to save harry and i was i liked that you know i don't know if the real george would have done that probably not i feel like the real george wouldn't have gone back for one of the kids no no <laughs> he would have left them in the room because they like made noise while playing a game like children do. This movie leaves out the detail that uh, George and Kathy got so pissed off at their kids at one point, they beat them with spoons. And belts. And belts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can't have, you know, child abuse in your movie. No. If, you're, if it's the heroes doing it. Well, and twice uh, they were locked in a bedroom, like, by themselves for... Oh, no, once they were locked in a bedroom for a week, um, but I think that was after... Or at some point, the kids had threatened to run away twice. And kids, I don't think kids do that unless there's legit things going on. Um, and yeah, George just like locked him up in a bedroom because they were doing kids stuff. Did you ever have a moment when you were a kid where you like threatened to run away because you had an argument? Mm -mm. I always, I did that a couple times and I was always like, you know, you pack your bag and you got like, you pack some toys and like a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, this will show them. And then you never actually leave your bedroom. You're like, never mind. <laughs> I thought about it. I use my <laughs> rational thought that I just developed right now. Uh, George falls through the stairs, ends up in a black pit of despair, crawls out. and Oop. Yeah, it wasn't liquid. Well, it was liquid evil in a way. Yeah. Ugh, I'd rather be killed by ghosts than ever have to deal with that. Uh, George saves the dog. They run out and they never went back. And they proceeded to sell that story for the rest of their lives. Because I feel like you don't really go on talk shows to talk about your trauma. You tend to keep that close to the chest and tell a confidant. Maybe write a book. But you don't talk about it on fucking... What was it? Uh, I don't remember the... 
the talk show they went on specifically. Oh, it's going to bother me. Whatever. They're all the same. Uh, so I watched this documentary called My Amityville Horror from 2012, which is Daniel Lutz, who's now in his like 50s, telling his side of the story, a story that has never left him and has pretty much ruined his life. The other two siblings refused to participate in the documentary. He has been dealing with the trauma of this his whole life, and nobody really believes him, and it's kind of fucked him up. And in the doc, random things are said that are never evaluated, like never elaborated on, because it's like, what the fuck was that? How is that possible? Yeah. Like the flat hands thing. And uh, they bring up the fact that when Butch DeFeo killed his family, there were no drugs in their system. He didn't use a silencer. So he killed all of them at, you know, one after another. None of them woke up. How the hell did he do that? Yeah. That's the part that's like a little spooky for me. Because like, were they supernaturally pinned down and he killed them like he said happened? He's dead and he died in prison a couple of years ago, by the way. Uh, was there actually a storm going on that night, like in the movie or no? Um, I don't know. Because uh, I even still, you would still have heard something, especially if you're like the sibling sleeping next to the other sibling. Yeah. Um, well, DeFeo claimed he, he changed his story so many times. Yeah. He said that he found their bodies after the murders. He blamed the, the killing on a hitman. Uh, eventually, he did confess and was like, yeah, it was me. And I, he, at first he said, voices told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Years later, he was interviewed in prison. He's like, yeah, I killed them all and I'd do it again. Jesus. So he's a special breed yeah. of monster. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the Lutzes knew about the murders before mm-hmm. they bro- bought the house. So they already had background info to concoct a little, little, little ghost story. If that is indeed what happened. Yes. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> freak. Uh, Daniel hated George. His step, they, they butted heads constantly. He thought George was there to fuck up his family. His real dad took off. They, like He didn't die. I think in the movie it says like he died. In reality, he just they got divorced and he took off. Yeah. Uh, and George was just, you know... He didn't really want to be a dad. He didn't have any parenting skills. He kind of hated having to be a father. He just wanted Kathy. And you can't do that. If you're going to marry, you know, a woman with children or a man with children, you have to, you got to be a parent. Yeah. You you better, you know, you're marrying them too. Those are your kids now, man. Yeah. I hate, I hate the whole evil stepfather, stepmother thing. Ugh. Um, the fly thing happened in mid-December. So typically not when there would be flies flying around Long Island, if there were any flies. The whole fly thing is, you know, for debate. Uh, George and Kathy beat the kids wooden spoons at one point, but George apparently was abusive way before Amityville. So that, I think, you know, the more I'm I'm looking into like this, the kids side of this, this feels more like dad was abusive and they concocted this shit to try to distance themselves from it. And George got on board and he's like, oh, I can sell that think that's what happened here yeah i mean it's possible i mean my whole thing with this whole like the whole story of why i think it's you know bull is 
they bought this house that they didn't have money for and they were being investigated by the IRS and he's having problems with his work and, you know, they, he had just, I think they'd, like, not super recently gotten married, but, like, they were no, was, freshly newly wed. Yeah, they are pretty, right? it was new. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, he didn't want to have kids, so he's in this relationship with these kids, and now they're moving to a new place. Like, he's stressed, and he's taking his stress out on his kids, and then, you know, rather than be like, yeah, I beat my kids up because I just was mad at them, you can be like, I beat them up because the house is evil, and DeFeo killed his family in there, smile. That's why I'm being a horrible person, not because of, you know, well, just being an ass. Ugh. But Daniel also makes some pretty incredible claims in this in this doc. Like, for example, George claims he never believed in the occult prior to this. But Daniel says he had books on devil worship and levitation and all sorts of occult shit. So if that's true, then George knew how to, you know, write up a good yeah. a good yarn here. However, Daniel also claims George was telekinetic and could move things around with his mind. Mm. So, credibility goes south pretty fast once you start claiming Dad could move shit with his mind. Yeah, yeah. If it was, like, a kid saying that, then you'd be like, oh, that's cute. Like, Dad's, like, playing magician with you. I was a magician for one of the classes I worked with. I don't know how to do magic, but I could do magic for these kids because, yeah, this is anybody. But, yeah, for an adult to... Like, whoa, man, <laughs> y'all missed it. He made his fingers move to the other hand. It was yeah. pretty cool. It's a gift. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, George probably couldn't do that. Probably not. And th the problem with recounting this as something, you know, this happened in 1974. This movie was made in 2012. It's been a while. Yeah. So how much of that do you really remember and how much has been influenced by like 30 Amityville movies mm -hmm. and random other ghost shit you might've seen and, you know, made up memories of your evil stepdad. So we can't really trust that. It's, you know, the unreliable narrator. And while, you know, Daniel definitely seems like somebody who needs help. I don't know if this is why he needs help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So also Kathy turned into an old woman at one point. It took hours to go away. Yeah, yeah, she turned into an old woman, and after that happened, I think she saw herself in the mirror, looked like an old woman, and was like, what the heck, but apparently whenever she died, she died of, I think, like, a lung disease, I think that was what it was, but apparently that aged her, like, crazily, so she kind of looked like an old woman, even though she wasn't, um, so some people are like, it's the house still following her and the curse, which is really sad, like, I, you know... That, that's awful that she died in such a, you know, spooky way. George Lutz died in 2006 at 59 years old from heart disease. Kathy Lutz died in 2004 at 57. Uh, can't find why. But uh, I'll, I believe you. I got that from a documentary I watched, which in ah. that documentary, George em was still alive, which is why I was like, yep, he's still yeah. alive today. Like, I don't know. Emphysema. It was emphysema. There it is. Uh, so they're both gone. And on their deathbeds, neither one, you know, confessed. Oh, we made it up. So there's also that. A lot of hoaxes get recanted on people's deathbeds because they've been living with a lot of guilt. Like yeah. Bigfoot. A lot of Bigfoot has been like, nope, I faked it. Like, nope. <laughs> So just in case I do get punished for this, let me just... Nope. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, if you are, you know... I was lying. You die, you go to... Like, there is an afterlife. You go to heaven, you're up there getting your, like, job interview. And they're like, why'd you fake a Bigfoot sighting? <laughs> that's that's not cool. 
sorry, buddy, you got to go down there. A lot of people believe in that. You know, you're messing with people's beliefs when you're faking Bigfoot. I, I don't agree with See, that. See, that's what purgatory is for in, the in big... Catholic lore. You that's... don't go to hell. You just got to go to purgatory to think about what you did. That's where the hoaxers go. Yeah, you go there for a little bit to think about what you did. You get in trouble, and then you get to come back up. I feel like You as... have to sit in the corner for a while. I feel like as an atheist who is, I think, a pretty decent person, I'll go to purgatory, and I hope I run into George Lutz. Because I got some fucking questions. Be like, hey, what's you in here for? Hmm? I'll recognize the, the, the fro and the beard and what be like... it's actually DeFeo? My God. He, he faked his death. Like he escaped <laughs> prison and caused all this shit? Yeah. That'd be wild. No, but I mean, no, you think you're going up to George Lutz, but you're actually going up to Ronnie DeFeo because they look so similar. And you're he, like, whoa. He is 100% in hell. <laughs> DeFeo is absolutely... He's burning alive right now. George, while probably you know, a, a, a douche, he just, you know, faked a ghost story. Which isn't cool, but well, it's also... Well, just kids. That too. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty... Maybe I won't run into George Lutz. Pre- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how God decides who goes to hell and who goes to heaven. I hope there's um, like some style points involved where he's like, you know what? It was a fake, but it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good fake. Yeah, I'm <laughs> Entertaining. Proud of that. Come on in. Even I was impressed and I know everything. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I just hope, you know... When when everything's done, you get like a like I've seen this online. You get like a stat screen that's like you spent this many hours, you know, like playing this one video game. You spent this many hours taking a shit. You spent this minute. You said like, how do you do? do four hundred thousand times, and you're like, I don't know, just like some random thing. You pet this many dogs. Like I want that. I want to know that whenever I die. Like yeah, that's how many dogs you pet. That's how many of them were the exact same dog. And you just didn't realize it. Like. <laughs> That would be interesting to learn, like, all the mysteries of your life. How many times you forgot someone's name and were just like, hey, dude. Like, yep, that was 1,221 times. (laughs) I would immediately ask, like, all right, so, ghosts. What's the deal? Then he'd be like, you want to become one? Boom, and you become a ghost. Ghosts, Sasquatch, Nessie, aliens. Come on. (laughs) That's all I want to know. I don't care. I don't give a shit about anything else. I just want to know that. Tell me. Was I wasting my life believing in the unattainable. He said, not actually, the Mormons are right. You should have your own planet right now, but you didn't believe. So you weren't wearing the underwear. Oh my God. <laughs> I would, oh, that would be, a, that'd be terrible. I want to find out that like the Loch Ness Monster is Bigfoot with a snorkel. Ooh. That it's him. That'd be pretty cool. It's his like vacation. Well, it's like all the cryptids are just the same thing. It's like Jersey Devil is actually just Sasquatch, which is actually just Nessie, which is actually just Chupacabra, which is actually just Mothman. Which is actually just some dude from Phoenix (laughs) (laughs) dressing up on the weekends, yeah. He just has a lot of money and time to kill, and whenever he dies, he passes it on to one of his family members. He's like, all right, you're the next cryptid of the world. This is just Richard Branson with too much time on his hands. This is what you're doing. That's a great idea for a story. Oh my Go god. Ahead and use it. I'm gonna that's fucking I'll awesome. I want 10 cents if you make money off of it. <laughs> uh so let's go into the to the true story here. Like what really happened in Amityville? We will never really know. Cuz everyone who was involved has kind of changed the the story, you know. Yeah. Uh we know about, you know, DeFeo killed his family. That happened. A year later, George and Kathy Lutz bought the house on the cheap, aware of the history, moved in with three kids. Father Pecoraro, some, some some sources say he heard a voice saying, get out, which happens in the movie, which is pretty creepy. Yeah. And he 
pretty much he takes his time getting out. I hear a disembodied voice scream at me, get out. I'm going to move a little faster than that. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, yep, all right, I'm out. Point taken, goodbye. <laughs> uh, some sources say that the real priest heard that. Some sources say he didn't. Hard to say. I think he's dead, so there's no yeah. really finding that one out. Uh, according to this source, uh, Collider.com, Amityville, the true story, he was slapped by an unseen force and blisters formed on his hands. So the ghost oh. was like, get out. And I guess he wasn't moving fast enough. So the ghost was like, did you fucking hear me? Get out. Get out. <laughs> and slapped him. <laughs> I, got, I wish I'd witnessed that. That would have been hilarious. Um, so according to the story, when the Lutzes moved in, Shit started happening. Mm-hmm. Doors slammed on their own. Beds moved. There was ooze on the carpet, which I feel like could be explained by the dog. <laughs> Strange. <laughs> just saying. Strange smells came and went. A lot of weird smells. And uh, the biggest thing, the house was constantly cold. George could not get the, the house warmed up. And that's pretty much all he did was chop wood and burn it and check the boathouse. That's all he did for like a month. Fireman. He didn't shower. He didn't shave. He didn't parents. God knows we didn't, he didn't parent. He didn't he, go to work. He did have sex with Kathy on the 26th. Oh. In the book. <laughs> he doesn't shower for a month and then he and then well, he gets it again, on. Again, according to the book, he ends up like kind of cleaning up before he goes to the wedding. I don't know. It if didn't look like that in the movie. Or the movie didn't show the book. I think. I think. I don't remember. You know, legit. But I'm pretty sure he did. George said he would wake up at 3:15 a.m. every night, which was the approximate time the murders happened. And uh, one night he said he woke up to find Kathy levitating over the bed. And uh, how do you not like have a stroke at the very? like sight of your wife floating over the fucking bed yeah like if i were asleep and then i were like oh i gotta wake up to like take a piss and then i saw my husband just like levitating i would pull out every single catholic christian whatever thing i have in my brain and i would just start i don't even know like i would i'd get water i'd i'd cry i'd turn the light on um i wouldn't just be like Oh, okay, I guess it's just, it just what's happening. I just, we're just going to live here now. Like, uh, no, no. I could picture you just going full Latin. I probably would. I don't know Latin very well. I know like two prayers in Latin. Um, I'd just start singing those and I'd be like, this doesn't have anything to do with what's happening right now, but it's in Latin and demons apparently don't like that. So I'd be screaming all the Latin <laughs> phrases I do know. Just like, e pluribus unum. And like, try and hoping it's stuck. Bitty, bitty, bitchy. <laughs> or whatever he says. I, if I... Too brute. <laughs> oh my god if i woke up and my wife was floating i am immediately the biggest believer on the planet yeah. i am full-blown like you know i'll yeah i'm in i'm drinking yeah. the kool-aid i'm in yeah that would be that'd be enough apparently um, george just was like <sighs> well he believes in the occult apparently so he's just like Whoa. yeah i feel like he's just like reaches out grabs her stomach and just like lowers her to the bed and goes back to sleep i don't okay if you were the one that was floating would you want to know that you were floating oh maybe would you mm. want your spouse to tell you like hey connor i woke up last night and i saw you were levitating in bed and your head was like (laughs) (laughs) i hope the person i marry the person i spend the rest of my life with 
would absolutely smack me awake and be like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? You're three feet over the bed. Are you David Blaine? We gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, that's my soulmate. <laughs> so I don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be told that. I wouldn't at all. Because I don't think I'd ever be able to go to bed again. Or I'd, like, strap myself down every night and then be like, well, if a fire happens, I guess I'm dying. Like, because I don't want to float again. Like The house is on fire and you're the only one who doesn't believe it. You're like, no, it's the ghost. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's trying to trick me so I can float. Ah. <laughs> uh. So it took less than a month, and eventually, I guess the marching band was the final straw, and they took <laughs> they took off. They said, "No, I hate acoustic music." So once the lots of, you know once the word got around, you know what? There's ghosts at the Amityville house. Suddenly, every medium in the country was like, "Oh, I got to get a piece of that." So paranormal investigators visited the house in droves. Famously, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren of the Conjuring franchise who are either the greatest heroes in history or absolute charlatans, depending on how I'm feeling during the day. Because <laughs> I've had moments where I'm like, they're doing the Lord's work. And other moments where I'm like, those fucking liars. <laughs> Depends on how I'm feeling. <laughs> uh, one of them took a picture of the upstairs where there's a ghostly looking child up there. And everyone was like, there weren't any kids in the house. And I'm like, there were dozens of people in the house. There's no, there could have been a kid. You don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. When there's like a bunch of people in the house, I assume somebody brought their kids. Yeah. Mediums can't afford daycare. No. So they're bringing their kids <laughs> no. to work. Uh, I don't know why not, though. They could just communicate with their kids at home and be like, get off that damn couch. I see you reaching your hand to that cookie jar. If they were legit, they would know. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. They're like, hold up. He's, he's jumping on the bed. <laughs> I would do that shit all the time to, to make people think, like, hold on, got a parent. I'll be about a minute. Jeff, get the fuck out of there. That'd be great. Like, I'm not going to name my kid Jeff. I'm just, just saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love those instances of, like, you know, psychic convention postponed due to unforeseen circumstances and things like that. <laughs> I saw one on a... a uh, a psychic's office that said like don't bother calling i like i'll like i'll call you or something like that like don't ring the bell i know you're coming like i like the confidence yeah, yeah. i want to see one of those and then just wait outside the door and just see like <laughs> just stand there waiting yeah be like do you know how long i've been here oh i knew you were there i just didn't want to open the door but you knew our meeting started at 3 30 Stephen Hawking once held a party for time travelers, and he held it the day before. So, like, if the time travelers were coming, they would they would have been there yesterday. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Good for him. Nobody man. showed up, apparently. They said, we know it's a ruse to prove our, our secrets. We don't got to prove anything to you, we're Steve. Not, we're not going to fall for that microphone <laughs> wheelchair, man. Like, <laughs> God. I saw one where it was a lady who was buying a crystal ball from, like, a magic shop. And the lady was like, whatever you do, do not leave it uncovered during the day. And the lady was like, why? Is, can spirits get in it? She's like, no, because the sunlight will <laughs> reflect off it and burn your house down. <laughs> it'll, it'll cause a fire. <laughs> it reflects. <laughs> Don't do it. So the mediums all came to the house. And uh, 
apparently cleansed it. Ed and Lorraine Warren did that. Lorraine Warren said this was the most evil place she's ever been. And, you know, after you hear all this shit about the house, I'm sure, yeah, it's going to feel pretty evil. Go into a house that nobody's talked about and claim that there's ghosts there. Then, exactly. I'll, then I'll be impressed. That's my problem with the medium thing, is they knew all of this stuff had happened. They went in with that prior knowledge, so of course they're going to be like, oh, like, there's a there's a little boy in this room where I definitely found out that the kid was murdered in. Like, oh, like his spirits are angry and upset here. Like, yeah, because you just heard all these stories and you're here for a reason. It should have just been like a, hey, I just want you to come in here and just like, just, just see the house. Like, you don't know anything about this house. Just come in, just come into my house and just do your thing. Now, more than likely, like most mediums, they're going to use those broad generalizations. They're going to be like, oh, like I sense un unhappiness here. Like, oh, yeah. Like, are, are, are they crying? Like, they are crying. Like, my grandma used to cry. Yes, I know. It's your grandmother. Like, <laughs> bruh. I hope that picture of the kid was like, you know, they were like, oh, my God. And they took the picture. But then, like, they lowered the camera and it's literally just like, kid eating like a grilled cheese and he's like, like is my mommy down there <laughs> he's like uh i give it i'll go get her <laughs> is this yeah. anybody's kid and somebody's like yeah, yeah that's mine let him have the grilled cheese not bothering anybody well it's like that and then the stupid i know like one of the the mediums that was there she apparently became like a, a native american chief or whatever and i don't believe that like there's there's been people throughout history that can, you know, like, transform their voices and their appearance. They're like, have you seen Jim Carrey and the voices <laughs> that man can do? There is a woman in the circus in, like, the, the early 1900s, if not late 1800s, and she, like, legit, like, worked out one side of her body so that she didn't have a boob on that side and had, like, super, like, tough arms and, like, marketed herself as a man and a woman. Be and, like, just, she could do that, and she could change her voice. She could, like, move, like, the, you know an Adam's apple. Like, she could do that. So, this chick who apparently, you know, became, uh, like, engrossed by the spirit of a Native American, which, again, is a very broad generalization. You can go anywhere in the United States and be like, I sense crying Native Americans here. This must have been their home. Like, yeah, literally, like, everywhere in the country. You, <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, ugh, it makes me so mad. I don't know. I don't believe a lot of a lot of that stuff. Like I do believe that ghosts and all that stuff exist, and that I think mediums could possibly be a profession that like that that works. But I have yet to see one that seems legit. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm with you. One of my favorite uh, X Files moments. Uh, if you ever watched that show, check check it out. They uh, Mulder is the the lead FBI agent who's like investigating paranormal occurrences, and he believes in everything. But he always vets this shit first. He's always like, you know, is this the real deal? And he, he does a test. And there's this one uh, serial killer who claimed to be a psychic. And he brought him to the house where he committed the crime and said, like, what can you feel? Because there, there were two victims that hadn't been identified. And he was like, tell me what you feel in this house. And he's like, oh, my God, this is the house. I remember, you know, I, I killed her here. I moved her out there. And eventually Mulder's like, uh, actually, it was the house across the street that you committed the crime in, you lying piece of shit. And it was such a great moment. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I love when he does, he dunks that shit. But, um, yeah. Get riggedy wrecked, dummy. The Warrens, I don't, I don't know. Because you look into, like, the stories behind The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2, 
the true stories are Ed and Lorraine Warren showing up unannounced and being like, can we look around? And then being like, no. And then they leave. And then they say like, we saved them. We did it. <laughs> we did it, Patrick. We saved the city. <laughs> but you can't make a horror franchise out of that. No. So you got to embellish a little bit. And that's like with every movie we talk about in here. You can't make a blockbuster movie based off of a true story and you only stick to the facts because there's going to be points that are like, okay, like that's boring. We don't need to talk about that. You got to add in like the fun pizzazz and the flair, like, you know, black goop coming out of your toilets. That's why you didn't put the fact that you abused your kids in the movie because nobody wants to watch that, but people do want to watch blood coming out of the walls and the dog biting George's arm. Um, but no, not kid abuse. We don't want to watch that. Yeah. The real Amityville horror is an abusive stepdad. Yeah. Ugh. So, interesting here. Um, when this all went down, George Lutz contacted uh, Butch DeFeo's lawyer, William Weber, mm -hmm. who was trying to get a book written about his client. Weber told ABC how Lutz got drunk when telling his story and how he was just creating ideas. And... Basically, they were like, well, let's combine these ventures, and they got Jay Anson on board, and that was the Amityville Horror. So, I yeah, the Lutz has made about three hundred grand off this, so I, I'm going to go ahead and assume they made this shit up, or at least George did. He yeah. might have convinced the kids, like, yeah, you really did have an imaginary friend named Jody, the pig boy, So, and that's what you're going to tell the press. Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of sad. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It's gross, but, you know, whatever. He's dead. But, yeah, the, the documentary that I watched was trying to downplay the fact that they were like, he wouldn't have made it up. Or like, he only made $300,000. Only made $300,000? Like, homie. Homie wasn't being investigated by the IRS. You know, had two boats, one in another boat, had a motorcycle, had two cars, had this really nice, you know, Dutch colonial revival home. Um... Yeah, $300,000, yes please, for telling a story that's going to keep making you money your whole life if you want to. Like, yeah, I would too. I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough liar, though. <laughs> I write too many things out of my journal. Someone would steal it and they'd be like, yeah, she's, she's definitely lying. Like, she's writing about it here. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it up that long. I couldn't mm -hmm. my whole life be like, yeah, I saw, I looked the devil in the eye. What are you going to do about it? You call me a liar and yeah. Like, I am calling you a liar. <laughs> yeah, that's Is, exactly what I'm doing. Because that ha there's a, a moment in the, um, the the doc that I watched where the guy, the interviewer, straight up asked Daniel, would you take a lie detector test? And Daniel gets super defensive and is like, people have been asking me that whole life. People have been asking me that my whole life. What makes you so special? What do you think? You're going to get something out of me that no one else has? How dare you, you son of a bitch? Like, he gets super, like, uh, like he's going to punch the guy. And the guy's just like, so is that a no? <laughs> Like, no. He holds his ground, and I'm like, if you really did go through this, then a simple yes. Like, yeah, I'll like George and Kathy did. Yeah. And they passed. But also, a lot of those things, too, like, if you know how to control your, you know, your heart rate and stuff like that, you can pass a lie detector test. Like, it's really easy to lie to people. I, like, I hate to admit it, but it's really easy to lie to people, especially when you get older and you figure it out. Um, and I mean, again, some of this stuff definitely could have happened, pero it's no, there's too many coincidences and stupid things. We were like, all right, man, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you got anything else to add? Anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, not that I know of. I just find it interesting how both the DeFeo family and the Lutz family had abusive fathers. Because apparently DeFeo was abusive and beat up his wife and Ronnie pretty frequently. And you have George Lutz, Mr. Fireman, um, <laughs> who's also beating up his family. Like, ugh. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe there's something in the water over at 112 Ocean Avenue. Or again, it's the black mold. Yeah, that's what we, we theorized while watching the movie. We're like, maybe the the house... I'm hoping the, the family that bought it after the Lutzes, which the price of this house jumped from like 80 grand to like 1.3 mil because yeah. it's a famous house. It looks really nice now. Like the yeah. inside of it's really pretty. They renovated the eye windows because everyone was taking pictures of their house, so they, they got rid of that. Which, also, that's a really stupid point if I didn't bring it up, them being like, oh, the house looks like it has eyes and it's staring at you. Every house looks like it has eyes and it's staring at you. Oh, my God. Every car does, too. If my car hits and kills a bunch of people in a parking lot, is every single Ford Escape evil because it has, you know, eyes that look at you? Every car looks the exact same. Every Dutch colonial revival house has eyes on the side or, you know, could have that, like, you just put freaking dormers on top of a roof, which are like those little, like, windows that pop out of a roof. Put two of those up there in any house. Look, it has eyes. Is it evil all of a sudden? Look, there's a mustache, too, because it's got that, like, half lunette window. It's dumb. Stupid reasoning. The only evil car is a 57 red Plymouth Fury, and we all know why. Yes, we all know why. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm not going to tell you. Good. It's like, I know why. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ah, this was fun. I like this a lot. We got to do more of these bullshit movies where it's not like, you know, sad history. It's complete nonsense history trying to pass itself off as fact. I love that. Um, So after weighing all the evidence, looking at, you know, the Lutz account, the movie, the book, DeFeo, all of it, I'm going to go ahead on record and say this 100% happened. Not a single moment was made up. The devil exists. Ghosts and demons are real. They're coming for everyone who listened to this episode. Goodbye. Nah, JK, this is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You imagine? God, you have to be a complete moron to believe a word of these people's account of this. Come on. The 70s, man. You know, spiritualism and all that. Like, people would swallow anything. Yeah what people do no i agree um if i'm just going based off like is the movie like what they said from the book perspective which also could you know be its own thing but if i'm going based off of the book which came out before the movie no the movie's not accurate to what happened in the book um and the book is not accurate to what happened in real life happened in real life so no it's not a true story (laughs) based off of it does it match up to history uh, but also it's not a true story period but that's (laughs) That's just my fact. Mutual opinion. I'm looking forward to finding one of these, you know, ghost stories that, you know, leans a little bit more into possibility. I feel like the one that's going to do that is The Exorcist, but we are, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen over here. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that one. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I don't know if I'm allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, in the meantime, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com or, of course, send us a message through the socials. 
Check out our Letterboxd accounts for daily reviews. You can search me at Connor95, and in my friends list, you can find the rest of the team. If you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on Support This Podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate the interest. Quick reminder that Fake True Stories is not a weekly show, but rather a spontaneous experiment that can drop at any time whenever Isabel and I feel like putting one together. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, ghosts probably don't exist, but I still would never set foot in the house at 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, Long Island. Take it easy, and we'll see you next time on Fake True Stories. Thank you.